There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. Interesting, mate. Yeah. Welcome, listeners, to the Extra Inch. It's part two of our youth football special. I'm your host, Windy, and I'm joined for the second part with our two academy experts again. I've got Carl. Carl, as I see it, hello, Carl. How are you doing? Hi, guys. And I've got Kai Barrett, uh, West Ham United uh, youth aficionado. Hello, Kai. Hello, mate. And once again, as you may have heard in our previous episodes, we've got a sponsor, which is One Football. It's a football app. It's available in the App Store and Google Play. And they've currently got an article in there about Kyle Walker-Peters. Amazing timing. Um, the article's about how he might be needed to cover Danny Rose. And he says in this article, if the manager at Tottenham needs me to play on the left, then I'm ready to do a good job. The gaffer knows what he's doing. I have faith in what he has planned for me. And when he gives me opportunities, I have to continue to take them. And I think this is as good a place to start as any. Carl, Kyle Walker-Peters has got faith in Pochettino and what he's got planned for him. Do you have faith in what Pochettino has got planned for Walker-Peters? If I'm being honest, I don't really. Um, I think in, in my, I, I, know, I know I've heard all the criticism about you don't see them in training and you're you're not a professional scout. I get all that. I 100 understand it. But just watching him play from so young, I can't I can't understand why he couldn't have two years ago. He could have been getting like half an hour in the league cup or or even minutes in the Premier League more than he should have got. And it's just frustrating to see. He's such a talented young player, and then you buy someone like Ori just to block his path. Um, it just feels like, like I said, if you, if you look at other countries, I just feel like if they had someone who they believed was good enough to be playing first in football, they would not buy another player to block their path. They would actually give them that opportunity to play. And it just feels like in this country, this is a, such a lack of trust. And um, I just think he's suffered as a result. He, he, he's basically, he's essentially waiting like this for injury to one or two right backs or even a left back now just to get some sort of chances and he's going to play in his weak position um, and he, it's probably going to affect him initially uh, his introduction and uh, it's, it, it just doesn't make sense to me it just doesn't make sense if you believe he's good enough to put on the bench you believe he's good enough to give extensions why not just trust him and pay him more in games we had a question from uh, Ricky from the Fighting Cock who said that I had previously mentioned that Walker Peters is a better dribbler and, and better going forward than, than some of our other right backs and Ricky said, why is he not being given an opportunity with the first team? And there was a follow-up on that from Brian Daly, who said he must have some flaws, for Christ's sake. There's no way Pochettino doesn't play him if he's this good. And I, I think, you know, that 
that there's some logic to that in, in, in a sense that he must have there must be something holding Pochettino back. I can only think that that's a mental thing potentially. And Walker Peters himself has come out and said that you know a couple of years ago he didn't have the confidence to give senior players a rocket if they did something wrong and he wouldn't have spoken out and as he trains with the first team and becomes more comfortable he's more um, comfortable speaking up but my own view is that when you when you put a player into a match situation they have to learn to speak up quickly and because he hasn't been in that situation he's probably learnt more slowly through training and whatnot. Kai, best best development on the field isn't it? Well yeah quite right yeah exactly. Kai have you seen much of Walker Peters? I have and I have to say I'm I'm quite a big fan of him and I think he's a much better player when he's on the right. And it sort of frustrates me, especially internationally, to see him play on the left. And some people might say, well, it's not much of a, that much of a difference. But I think he'll be, he's, gets the best out of him on the right. And obviously, Kieran Trippier, he had an excellent World Cup and he's a good player in his own right. But I, what I don't get is that, uh, Pochettino decides to play players who aren't a right back in that position rather than giving Walker Peters a go. So I think, uh, with the question, with the point about if he's that good, surely he would have been either gone out on loan. I think Los Pochettino's sort of uh, ideology he likes to keep the best players um, with the first team squad, so you could look at it that way. Um, and in terms of right back, right back positions, um, I don't know what's best, what would be best for Kyle, whether he would be better off leaving and going elsewhere, because I think he would do well at say like a, a Premier League club such as Huddersfield, like. And then sort of working his way up. But a player who I'm a fan of, uh, Tariq Kynes, he's a very good right back. I'm not saying right now he's he's as ready as Kyle Walker Peters, but hopefully if that opportunity comes, I think he'd be more than capable of taking it. So Hines is uh, Hines is our under eighteen, under twenty three right back, um, who I guess is the next one in line behind Walker Peters. Um, I think Hines is eighteen, so he's got he's got a way yet before he'll be considered at the same level as Walker Peters, who's now twenty one. But um, a very, very good player in his own right. Can I just um, say, um, quickly, of you can, mate. Is there, when people say he must have some flaws, and it, it's, I, I just think people have so much faith and belief in Premier League managers that they, they think the only reason they can't be playing them is if they're not good enough. And you really get something like, some, a club like Chelsea, who've won something like six out of the last seven FA Youth Cups and three UA for Champions League, and people genuinely don't believe that they don't have anyone good enough for their first team just because a manager hasn't played them. Like this I just think there's so many more many more um so many more factors in play that affect a manager's decision rather than if they're good enough. For example, like I discussed in the previous point, like the price tag. I don't think if there's so much, it's not a case of just are they good enough. I just think they're it's it's not that simple. And I think these are the things these are just one of many reasons that just stop that only phase coming through. I think you're so right and they don't just have to be as good as the 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 signing or whoever they're up mm. against, but they have to they have to almost go over and above what that yeah. that player is doing in, and in training. You're expecting uh, on the pitch. You're expecting a, an academy player who has no experience to perform above and beyond an international right back that you just bought, and Eve, that's such a ridiculous concept. But yet he still got two man of the matches in his only two Premier League starts, and is still behind that same international right back. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, you're not going to get many arguments from <laughs> there, mate. Um, we interestingly in the first podcast, Kai uh, mentioned that he he feels that, or he he mentioned that Pochettino's um, brought a lot of young players through and has done a good job generally in giving loans and um, in giving debuts. Um, and it, I think it's worth mentioning that since Pochettino was Spurs' manager, he's given debuts to Josh Anima, Harry Winks, Cameron Carter-Vickers, Marcus Edwards, Anton Walks, Shane Harrison, Philippe Lesniak, Kyle Walker-Peters, 
Zion Sterling, Tasha Oakley-Booth, Luke Amos and Anthony Georgie. That's an impressive list. He's done, he's done well in four years to give that number of players debuts. However, there's a big but. Lots of those players have left. Um, lots of them have had, let's say, fewer than 200 minutes um, at first team level. And the only, the only one really who's, who's kicked on and, and become a first team regular from that group is Harry Winks. What's what's going on there, Carl? What are the problems in terms of the, the lack of opportunities? Why haven't we seen players more? Um, why doesn't Pochettino use youth players in, in the League Cup? What do you think the issues are? Um, to, just for the record, I don't think, while, while it sounds like an incredibly um, impressive list, I don't think he's doing anything different to any other manager in any other Premier League club. In the sense, like, if, if you could look at Man United, Arsenal, Man City, Chelsea... And probably just look at the list of debuts they've had in the, the four five years since Pochettino has been here. You could probably reel off a similar list of um, young players making their debuts. So it, it look it looks good, but ultimately it is meaningless if, like I said, if they're not going to be given more chances. So um, like like you've got Re- like Reese Nelson, Nketiah, Smith Rowe, and all these players at Arsenal also getting chances. But yet there's this belief that we're doing something so much better than every other person. So um. But I, I don't. I don't know what the the big issue is in general. What was the question? Firstly, <laughs> so so what what what's going wrong? What's stopping? Yeah. Given so I just I, I just think like I mentioned in the um, in the previous one when discussing what competes, I just think it's a case of um, just it's distrust. It's a distrust of youth, and I don't want to like get onto Pochettino specifically because I think it's a Premier League thing. It's they 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 fearful that the youth aren't going to do or are going to make massive errors or massive mistakes, and we. It's just, I just think it's unfounded. I, I've never, I can't remember ever a young academy player being given a chance and absolutely ballsing it up. Like, you, you think when Ben Fleck came, um, got brought through at 19, straight from the academy, no loans, and he, he was like a, a duck to water. And it, obviously they're going to go through some blips and eventually tired out of it. But I, I can't ever, I can't remember once um, an academy player screwing up to the point where you think, oh, we should never let, um, take that risk again. And I think if you, and a lot of these guys are only getting chances due to injuries and they're still they're still performing well. So I just think I, I think a massive issue is the distrust, um, lack of experience. Um, people people need to see them playing against adults and all that kind of jazz. But I, I just think it's a complete lack of trust from managers that they just don't think they can do the job um, because they fear this um, the element of risk that they bring and then the unknown. And like you say, when you've got the option in the Premier League where you can just drop twenty five million and get an average player from another league. And the comment is, they just think it's it's actually sad that you can spend 25 million and it just seems less of a risk, even though it's on an average player in this day and age. Um, So I I just think that's where it is. It's a mindset thing. I mean, to play devil's advocate, um, people would say, you know, we're we're competing for Champions League places. We're we're competing for the league. Unless players are absolutely exceptional, we can't give up a squad place to to a hopeful young player who Mm. may or may not be good enough. Uh, that's the argument that people make. I don't I think you make a, a good rebuttal of that. That actually, why is a young player any more of a risk than a player bought from abroad who's got no experience of playing English football? Yeah, and and I don't really disagree with that. I, my my issue is I, I, I signing signing players is excellent. I, I wanted us to sign Lucas Moore. It's just I don't understand why you sign you take a pun on someone who's not very well known and put all that money into them when you could just sign when you could just give a couple of opportunities here and there the League Cup. We're four 0 up. Uh, give them on fifteen minutes, but we don't even do that. I mean, we can be four or five 0 up. We don't even give them their little chances to maybe see by the end of the season has this guy adapted. Do we need to spend 
whatever in the summer transfer window, or can we maybe trust this person? The issue is these players are even getting those opportunities, maybe prove that they could be a squad player. You get what I mean? It's, it's just, there's just nothing for them. That's been my frustration, certainly over the last couple of years, and certainly with Walker Peters, who I felt could have had minutes here and there, and then by by now he might have been integrated further, or we might be able to trust him um, to, to be a full you know rotation option, mm. or maybe he maybe he'd be first choice by now. Um, but interestingly, John McDermott is meant to be part of that recruitment panel, and Pochettino is meant to be um, liaising with McDermott to say, okay, well we want to sign X player. Have we got a youth player that can compete with him? Um, at, at that level now, do we need to spend fifteen million pounds on a hopeful winger, or have we got a youth player that can step in? And I, I, I don't know if, if McDermott's not fighting the corner of the youth players fully. I, I can't imagine that to be the case. But you know, certainly we haven't taken chances with youth players where we have spent happy, happily spent money on players who've been unproven. I'm interested in the West Ham perspective. Kai, you you follow West Ham? Yeah. You know, you've got Declan Rice in the in the first team. Are there other players um, <coughs> desperate to have opportunities that aren't getting those chances? Or, I mean, how, how, does, how does the situation compare with Spurs' situation? Well, um, like I said, I'm going to go link back into the point I made in uh, part one. Loan system is not being used that well. And the player, I think, has sort of... Uh, Moses Makassi, defensive midfielder, I believe that he should have had more of a chance. The best chance he got was in pre-season last season. And I don't know why Bilic played the defensive midfielder on the wing. And obviously certain, the fans, I mean, I suppose you can't really, you've got to give it to them. That's the first time they've seen him play out of position. They're, they're obviously not a fan. Um, recently, other, Grady Diangana is a player who I've, I've loved. And when I started, uh, my, my site and the Twitter account, he was a first year scholar, uh, in 2014. And he's a player who's just, he's so, he's like a joy to watch. He can play left wing, attacking midfield or right wing. And finally, the other week, he got his debut, scored twice against Macclesfield, which, you know, it's, 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 it's nothing really, but, you know, when I made his Premier League debut against Manchester United. So that was the main thing. Is, and then, and then it all came crashing back down to earth when he went in the squad against the Brighton game, which we lost, coincidentally. <laughs> and, <laughs> but yeah, there's a few players coming through right now as well. Um, obviously those two, Marcus Brown is one. Uh, he's doing well on loan in Oxford. And who else? I'm gonna say Aji Elise, uh, centre back. He's very good. Uh, England under 18s as well. And can I just say? Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just think. Sorry. Like um. So and this isn't actually to put West Ham down, but I think the the clubs the the, the lower the clubs lower the Premier League. I think are even I'd be even more guilty of not giving chances to young players. Yeah, um, I agree. Because I, I can kind of buy like when when we were get, when we were given loads of young young chances when we had um when it was like we got Kane through we got Mason through and um, Townsend and Corker we were we weren't a Champions League team at that time and now I, we can somewhat make the excuse that because of competing in Champions League we can't afford to bring these players in or they're not better than what we have even though I think in some of the cases that's not true but I get more frust- equally as frustrated that the clubs low in the league. Where then they haven't got that excuse, so to speak, are still not doing their job. I, you know I mean, I, I I find that so frustrating. And what I'm gonna sort of link um again back to EPP. Uh, some peeps, some of you guys who are listening may not be aware. Uh, my local team is Huddersfield Town, and they they have revamped their academy massively. They've got rid of all schoolboy levels. They're dropped down to category three. They've got an under seventeen team playing in the under eighteen league, uh, under nineteen team playing friendlies and uh, sort of uh, elite development squads as the next stage. And 
they're obviously lured down in the league and they've sort of scrapped their whole academy. But there was, there's, when you look at the, the, the players who have left the schoolboys, there's been quite a few that have gone to Manchester United. There's been some going to like the, a lot of category one clubs, put it that way. And it's all about, it's all got to be patient because mm. that's, that's the thing is that imagine they kept those players, they would have paid off, but they've lost them all to Manchester United and all that lot. And they didn't have like a Portuguese or Brazilian kid there. Ah, the one, Denilson. From, yeah, you know, so, something like that. Denilson, uh, that was, uh, he was at Watford. No, actually, no, he's, he's at Arsenal before going to Watford and he was up there and he's left at the end of the season. And I thought, you know, he was good. That's, that's a player mm. they could have given a chance to. And obviously, but right even now, like West Brom, who have an excellent academy. At excellent academy, like Jonathan Lecco, I know Tyler Roberts, all, all these Oh, that's, that's West players. Brom, yeah, West Brom, that's another team. And look at And them. you think that. Yeah, they are top quality academy, Ricky, Ricky and they're very lo- lo- relatively low in the league. And you think you have so many players that you could have brought through, and you're just spending money on average players. I have to, I have like, to it, say, it just, it's so many failed opportunities here for mm. for clubs to to give opportunities to young players who have excelled at youth level for mm. for their country. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. We've got a question from Ollie um, Whitefoot who said, is the ethos now for Spurs more geared towards producing saleable assets rather than potential first-teamers? And I would argue in a way that the ethos, whether whether they're there to sell or to become first-teamers, it, it's the same thing essentially because they have to have opportunity to, 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 to gain some value in the, first, in the first place. So if we do want to bring players through to sell them, they have to be seen, they have to be in the shop window, they have to play. Mm. We need to give them minutes to, to get them to a point where they become a saleable asset. And that's what happened with Corker. You know, Corker wasn't quite at the level required for our first team at the point um, that he was playing. Absolutely fair enough. We sold him on for a big profit. Same with Livermore. And ultimately the same with Ryan Mason, who's a player I, I love for many years. Um, the, the difference between those players and, and players we've got currently in our academy who, who probably won't be good enough is they got the chances. They, they played in the Cups. They, mm. they built up... They built up um, there was faith in them. Oh, they had loans. They could play as squad players. And that's the alternative. The alternative is to give them loans. So let's talk about that. 
We had a question from Daniel Platt who said, does Onomar look like he's finally found his loan or what do you think? So Onomar has had a couple of loans now. He started off at Villa. He's now gone to Sheffield Wednesday. He's playing really well for Sheffield Wednesday. Um, and, and it'll bring, if, if this continues, if this form continues for Sheffield Wednesday, people will start talking about Onomar in the, in the right way again. So my question is, why wasn't Onomar given a loan two years ago that would have been suited to him where he'd have played central midfield week in, week out? And then who knows what would have happened a year later? What what is it, Carl, that's stopping us loaning out these these young players and giving them the opportunities? Well, my understanding was um, what two years ago maybe. My understanding was I'd heard that Poch wanted to keep the players close by and he wanted them to learn a certain brand of football and basically didn't trust coaching at other clubs. So th- those who he rated as really special or those with potential first habits, he didn't want them being out of the club where they might pick up bad habits. So that's my understanding of why. You never saw Winks going on, you never saw Onomar going on, you never saw Edwards going on. I believe now he's essentially changed his opinion and realised if they're not going to get a chance with him, it's pointless just staying around and just learning off the first demons because it doesn't mean anything unless you're getting game time. So I think now he's, he's realised that benefit and he's decided to send him on loan. But I think for someone like Onomar, I don't I don't want to say it's too late because I still have hope that he will get a pop chance to central midfield and if he kills his loan, it could well, it could well happen. But it, I I, just, I feel it was missed opportunity not sending him on loan two years ago, so to speak. Um, I think he featured in our, in our first when he was seventeen, and he played um, he played in central midfield against Monaco when he beat him four one. They had Bakayoko and Moutinho, and it was like, the only game I remember him ever playing in central midfield for us. And he's ne- and he never got an opportunity there again. And you think you just send him on loan then? He would have con- hopefully continued his upward tra- tra- trajectory, but he just seems to have stagnated. And and this is the way for like Walker Peters that why he's just being kept around as insurance in case the fullbacks get injured and he's not actually developing. Just I, I think he should have been alone at least a year or two um, ago as well. On the plus side, the um the 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 change in policy has meant that Marcus Edwards has gone out this year mm-hmm. to Excelsior and he's playing games in the Eredivisie, which is which is fantastic. He's he's doing great. Uh, he's had a couple of quiet games, but on the whole, he's really well-rated by um, Eredivisie fans. And also Sam Shashua is, is playing in Spain for Atletico Balleres, and he's absolutely killing it. And and that, that's fantastic to see. I'm sure he's learning far more in those matches than he would be in our under-23. Also, so I think that's, playing that's at a good thing. I think playing at any level is better than just playing under-23 under football. I mean, Pete, I know people probably might have turned their nose up initially at the loans for sure got because it's like second or third here in Spain or whatever it was. But that, the experience I think he'll get from that is way better than anything he would have got from under 23 football anyway. Just playing with men. So I think they're brilliant loans at the end of the day. Could I, sorry, yeah. could I, I just want to add, uh, in regards to Onomar, I think uh, this might sound controversial. If he had a better chance going out on loan, he would be a much, much better central midfielder than Harry Winks. Interesting. What makes you say I that? Think, like? It's nothing against Winks in particular. I think he's sort of um, he's a bit limited. I think. I mean, he's obviously he's doing well for himself. He's doing well. He's 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 in the England team and he's playing regular games for you lot. But I think Onoma offers so much more, and he's got more. He's more got more of a skill set in general. And like like Carl said, he was unlucky to not go out on loan. It's, it it sort of is a bit too late. And like he's he's what he's twenty twenty one. Same. He was he was same, same yeah not far off 22. same group as Kyle Walker Peters weren't they those two or were they one off and he's I think if he would have had these loans earlier he'd be playing Premier League football maybe who knows in the England team and I just want on the point of England I expect I don't think that he will um, 
he will be with England internationally. I think Nigeria will come in for him and that could be a big bonus for them because he's a player who I quite like. Interesting. I think um, Spurs fans have long criticised Chelsea for, for not giving players opportunity and we look at Loftus-Cheek and we say, you know, you've got a player there wasting away his quality. When he plays for England, he looks great and you're not using him. You know, Loftus-Cheek is, what, 24 now? 23, 24? Onimer turns 22 in April. We're probably going to be in the same boat where we've got a player who's played consistently for the every England youth age group. He's in the England under-21 squad now. He's playing occasional games for them. Him and Tom Davis kind of rotate. Um, we're no different to Chelsea in so many in so many ways, in my opinion. Um, let's talk a little bit about Spurs' current academy prospects because I'm sure people would want to know some of the some of the key names and and some of the hopes we have for those young players. Um, so we have a question from Sean Gormley, who's uh, Irish, I suspect, because he says, "Where does Troy Parrott rank in terms of how highly you rate Spurs youth team players? He's rated incredibly highly in Ireland." So, Carl, you've seen a bit of Parrott. What do you make of him so far? Um, so. When I first saw Perry, I, and then, like I said, let, let's not jump on this too much, but he kind of reminded me of like a, a, a Berbatov, like Ibrahimovic, in terms of his style and his presence. Like I said, he's not obviously at that level yet, but in the way he carries himself around the field and he's got the um, got a couple of flicks and got a couple of tricks, he's a good little finisher. Hold up is a, is, is a focal point to the attack. Um, I think he's he started off so well um, when he's playing under 23 football because there have been little expectation of that aspect and he held his own so well in under 23 football. Just a um, few under 18s games I saw. I think, I don't, he's not very badly at all. I think he maybe had a couple under par performances and missed a couple of chances. But overall, you can, you can tell he's a quality player. Um, I think, and sorry to say this, um, Kai, that the, the finish against West Ham, he dinked over the keeper, just showed his range. And no, he, I don't he remember has, that he, game. <laughs> <laughs> but he has a he, he has he has clear quality in him, and so I'm very hopeful of him. But I think, as we discussed in the previous pod, I think when someone comes in, they're signed, and someone from another club, there's a lot of expectation, a lot of hype initially. So I think with him, I think it's just a uh, let him play his football for now and see how he gets on. But there's, there's no doubt he's a quality player, no doubt at all. Nice. And we also had a question from Richard Joyce, who says, "How highly do you rate Harvey White, who was the Spurs selection in the Guardian's Next Generation series?" published last week what sort of player is he what established player not necessarily at Spurs does he most resemble as a reference point so I've seen White a couple of times I saw him in the flesh for the first time um, a couple of weekends ago and he was he was great he was playing um, at the base of the midfield and he's kind of he plays he's he's very left-footed he's got a great passing range from deep but he also reads the game really well um, and and mops things up kind of effortlessly which I really like about him Kai, have you seen Harvey White um, at all? I've seen him a few times and he used to be, uh, from what I remember, he used to be an, like, an out-and-out number 10 and he sort of made that transition and he's been, he's even played, as, I think he's played centre-back for you guys this season, hasn't he? Um, That's right. I think he's a good player, uh, but I was, part of me was a bit surprised that he got the picks and that's not to take anything away from him because I think he's good, but uh, in terms of the first years, the J. Neil Lloyd Bennett or even Troy Parrott, I was expecting one of those two. So it's good to see that they, people uh, rate White quite highly as well and I think that he could um you know I think he could he generally does have a chance of making it with you guys and um, as do quite a few players in in that group uh I'll hopefully uh, touch on that a bit more later in the podcast but um he's he's playing he's he can sort of play anywhere in 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 the middle really he's he's played 10 he's played as an 8 he's played as a 6 and he's also played at centre back and I think over time he'll be more of like a sort of an eight type centre midfielder, sort of that balance in between defence and attack, because he's obviously very intelligent, he reads the game well, that sort of stuff. Can I add, um, just from what I've seen in a way, 
um, I, I think I mentioned this to you before, Chris. Um, his passing is probably the best part creative passing that I've seen from um, the Canning player since Carroll in terms of his actual. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah, totally actual agree vision and actual ability to pick out a ball and um, turn defence into attack and so on and so forth. We've had like pe- excellent central fielders and even Bowden, for example, was a like a quality central midfielder. But in terms of picking out a pass, I think he's gone excellent um, left foot and his set pieces are very good too. So he's definitely um, a player to look out for. And I think that could have been from um, time as a number 10, as um, Kai mentioned. And the other player that deserves a mention in our in our academy at the moment, um, aside from, from, from Parrot, who, who's the name, um, I would say is, is Oliver Skip because he's getting rated by everyone. He's won the PL2 Player of the Month. Um, there was a bit of controversy because he wasn't called up for recent England England squads. And people are sort of wondering why he's not been called up, given that he's been on the Spurs bench for the Barcelona game. Uh, he's been involved with several Spurs travelling parties for the first team this year. Carl, what, what do you think of Skip? Where do you where do you sort of rate him in amongst these players you've seen for Spurs along the way? Um, Skip is top quality. Um, so I've obviously known about him since like the under things under 14s and he's supposed to read a couple um, videos on, online. And his, I think his, his ability to turn himself out of trouble um, his awareness. I think his part, but his attack, his creative passing is very underrated because he generally gets pigeonholed into um, like a number four. But he's actually excellent at breaking away with the ball and um, trying to turn defense into attack himself and carrying the ball. Um, I think he's a quality player. I think he's a very, 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 very good player. Um, I could touch on why I don't think he was selected for England now. If you want, please do. Yeah, so go for it. I think what, what's affected him for England is my understanding is they have something like about five central midfielders. And I think it's a case of variety and first-team opportunities. So they had Kirby and McEachern and two creative central midfielders. Then the other option is they have they had Harper and um, Gibbs White, who were playing, who had quite a few opportunities for their first team. And so the only option, the last position they had left was a defensive midfielder. So then people would expect to be skipped. But then they had Gallagher at Chelsea. He's basically like skip, but also scores goals. And I think that's just the only thing that's affected him. So it's it's a case of Type of player he is combined with a lack of first team minutes, and just someone doing the same thing as him, but maybe a bit more variety. So, I think he, he's more than good enough to play for England, as there's so many players in that age group. But I think Skip's been very, very, very unlucky. That that puts it into some context and it kind of explains away the, the reason why it hasn't been involved with England. And actually, it, it speaks so highly of the, um, the amount of talent available to England. Um, I'm interested to get. A few players from Ukai who who you see as England's best prospects across the board. So not just from a Spurs perspective, but who are the kind of hot young things for England? Who do you sort of see making the breakthrough over the next three or four um, years? Well, one player who I'll, I'll mention uh, from you guys is uh, I've spoken to Carl a few times about him. I'm a big fan of uh, Jaffet Tanganga in the under 23s, uh, the centre back. I like him a lot, and he's uh, I think quite a few of your fans uh, uh, want him to have some first team involvement and as well as that um uh angel gomez is a player he's part of the 2000s group uh manchester united's the only issue with him I, I don't, it, it depends because what marino is the manager right there he's not uh that physically imposing but i think technically and uh, he's like a, similar to harvey white he views the game excellently well uh, excellent <laughs> excellently <laughs> he's he's brilliant he's he's, he's a joy to watch and attacking, we've got so many prospects because we've got him, we've got Jaden Sancho, we've got Reese Nelson, Emil Smith Rowe, Greenwood, Mason Greenwood, yeah, another one. He's coming through right now, and there's there's so much. And going through like squad depth uh, links onto a point um, 
back for for you guys. There's a few like the two thousands age group. There's a couple of players in your under 18s. Again, I've spoken to Carl about these two. I'll give them a mention: uh, Radell Richards, striker, and Ryan Clark, the winger. Those sort of players, I think they're really good, and I think they're capable of playing for England. But because of the amount of talent that there's around, they're finding it hard to get a look in. It's a great point. And do you, do you, do you, have you do you? I I I always say that players tend to get into an England group at a young age and tend to stick around, and they they get called up to the next group, to the next group, to the next group because they're known then by the coaches because they've had good coaching and they they know they know all the good habits. Um, and and therefore, if you're not involved in those early age groups, it becomes harder to break in. Do you think there's something in that? Have you have you noticed that? Over I, the years? I think that's that's changed a lot right now. From the two thousand, I'll start. I right. use the two thousands group as an example. Uh, when they're under sixteens, um, without naming names, one player who was called up uh, is currently unattached. He was released by a Category Two club, and there's been other players who just haven't been called up. And there's players coming in, sort of, you could say they're late developers. Uh, example: Max Aaron's from Norwich City, and who else is there? Uh, Tariq Lamptey. Tariq Lamptey. A big fan of him as well from Chelsea. And yeah, just it 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 fluctuates a uh, fluctuates a bit. So there can there's never really There'll always be a core group of players who will uh, progress through the age groups, but the rest, it always changes. We're going to start to wrap things up, but we've got several questions um, from listeners that I'd, I'd like to get your, your thoughts on. So we'll start off with this one um, from Chris Briggs, who says, Back when we used to buy players, we had a history of purchasing young potential players like Kyle Walker, Danny Rose, Trippier and Deli Alley. If we were to adopt a similar approach now, who would make great youth signings for Spurs? This is an interesting question because that 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 kind of lists, and I wouldn't include Trippier because we bought him at twenty four, so I don't think he's does, doesn't quite count in the same way that Walker, Rose, and, and Deli Ali did. But that was that for me. That was the, the the peak Spurs transfers, signing signing players young and giving them opportunity and and letting them grow in value and in ability and watching them develop. I, I love that period of our transfer history. Um, and even going beyond that to to Huddleston, to to Dawson, and uh, and and further back still. Carl, are there any players that you've um, you've seen sort of not getting opportunities at other clubs that you've thought, yeah, I really want Spurs to go for him and give him a chance? Definitely. But um, I, I, it's, it's obviously a slightly different context. And I guess this is where it comes back to the EPPP. Because those players back in the day, like Dawson, to Huddleston, to Lennon, so on, they would have been funneled into the top clubs and you wouldn't be able to see them again. So I think the issue now, I don't think there's any youngsters out there from lower league clubs that I think we should be signing. But it appears like Hudson Odoi, who I think we should have tried to pick up from Chelsea a couple of years ago before he even signed his contract. Because no, he wouldn't have got a chance at Chelsea, but I'd hoped he might have got a chance at Spurs. But he's a player where I thought he, he would have been top quality and potentially um, attainable. If I'm looking around at other places, and I am trying to look out, um, and I am trying to look out the, the toxic Premier League clubs. Um, one player that I wanted us to sign a while back was Tammy Abraham. I, yes. I, I thought Abraham would be an ideal backup yeah. striker to Kane. Yeah. Obviously, he had a he had an uninspiring season at Swansea, and and now people have kind of forgotten about him. I guess and he's he's almost been written off in a sense. But he was absolutely exceptional under eighteen level and under twenty three level. He looked an unbelievable talent who could do a bit of everything. And I still think there's a player there if if they can um, if they can find him the right club. Kai, how about you? How, who who are the players that you think are ripe for picking? Um, I'm gonna, there's, a, there's a few um, from the Premier League. I'm I'm personally not a huge fan of of signing other players. I like to give our own a chance, but um, if I had to pick, like, it all depends. Like as I mentioned, uh, as I speak about these guys off of Carl, 
I like Cordell Richards. I like Ryan Clark. I like Joshua Luwiyemi uh, from your underratings. And in general, uh, I'm going to shout out Jaden Richardson, Nottingham Forest. Uh, he's he's good right back. And again, he's another 2000 born right back. Like him and three kinds, they're finding it hard to get in because there's, there's so much so much quality. Uh, Steven Sessegnon, Ryan's twin. I like him. Uh, and Joe Gomez, if he was available, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say no to him. Do you know what? Sorry. I just thought of someone. Um, Man City got someone called Taylor Richards. Taylor, oh, he used to be at, He's Fulham. a quality winger. But it's, yeah, he used to be at Fulham. And it's just an issue that they have so much talent set in, in their wing position that he, I just can't see what's going to happen to him. But he's another player where we could take him and he'd instantly be one of our best players now in our under in I reckon. Fulham um, are brilliant. So it, mm. got, they've got a lot of players. Um, Cody Drummer, uh, uh, is a really good. Harvey Elliott, Harvey Elliott, you might have heard about him. Uh, Matt O'Reilly. Frankie Amakotu, I look up for him coming through, and Zico Asare sort of dropped down a bit, but he will be very good, I think. And the category too, there's a lot, um, there's a lot of good players, uh, and I'm, I'm usually at games there, and I've seen some excellent players, and there's, it's hard to, it's hard to, to say because it's always a risk, and it, it don't matter how, how good the player is, anything can happen. Like, for example, if you signed Taylor Richards, he could, you know, not be have the impact you wanted. Well, just um, also sort of comparing to how he survived for someone like Bayless at Coventry, I think is a quality young player who I think if given a chance at uh, a bigger club, he would actually do very well. So he's someone like that as well that would be in the sort of the old Huddleston Dawson signing world. Yeah. So, so a year ago um, or, or eighteen months ago, James Madison was in that that exact position. So Madison was at Coventry. He was snapped up by Norwich after having that exposure at Norwich. Leicester have now seemingly got a bargain with Madison. Um, but Spurs looked at him when he was at Coventry and could have got him for a, a hat, you know, four or five million, something like that. Same happened with Sessegnon. We didn't go in early enough. Um, and therefore he's now probably beyond our price range. So in many ways, it's about getting him early. But at the same time, you don't want the big clubs to come and sweep up the talent that early because then if they don't get the opportunities, they don't get a chance to develop properly. 100%. And, and that, that, that's the issue as well. It was, there's no point in them coming in early and then us not having that player. But again, with the whole Madison thing, why would we need to sign Madison when we had Harry Winks? They're exactly the same age group and they're both playing England now. But if Madison came through, Winks would not come through. So the England would be stifled because they'd have maybe one or neither of them come through if Madison came with us. It's a very fair point. Right, well, this has been um, a brilliant in-depth chat about Spurs' academy and academy football in general. We're going to finish off with one more question, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, Ahmed Abouleh-Lenay, apologies for butchering your name. It seems like a lot of our most promising youngsters, Amos, Skip, Rolls and Oklahoma, are all central midfielders. I know we have others such as Sterling and Richards up top, but are we a little top slash middle heavy for the future? And if so, why is that? And this is something I've noticed um, over the last few years as well, that Spurs do tend to churn out a lot of good central midfielders. Do you have any theories, Carl, as to why that is? Um, do you know what I'd point out as well? We, I think we churn out a lot of good central midfielders and centre-backs. Same when, you, when you can think of um, Tanganga, Ayoma, Carter Vickers, Brooklyn Lions Foster, Foster. Yeah. we we chuck <laughs> Binks, Walcott coming through below. We churn up centre backs like nobody's business, and Jubal the same with centre well. I don't really know well. I, I don't really know why. Sorry, um, it it just must. Yeah, I could I couldn't put my finger on what we do in particular. I think it's maybe just no. I I'd be lying if I said I had any theory behind it. But strangely, we don't produce many wingers and many strikers. So I'd be I'd, I'd, I'd be interested to know why it, that particularly happened. It's def- I, I have often wondered whether it's something to do with the kind of overall skill set that we're teaching these young players and central midfield is often kind of 
mix of lots of different skill sets and and to be the complete often central midfielders are complete players in, in a way and if we're training players in such a way that we're trying to encourage them to be the complete player then they become suited to central midfield that's that's one thing I thought about um and, and thought potentially could be a reason but um yeah it will remain unanswered guys thank you so much for your time um it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you both um we'll have to get you back on at some point and, and discuss England's progress in the various uh, youth age groups and 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 Spurs is at the end, towards the end of the season because I feel like with our under 18s uh, this year we're, we're due a good good season. So Kai, thank, thank you, you so too much. As well. um, tell people where they can, where can we where can people find your stuff um, on the internet? You can find me uh, if you want to look at West Ham in general. Uh, WHUFC Youth on Twitter, WHUFCYouth.wordpress.com, and for my my personal account, more sort of general youth football look. Uh, it's at Kbert two three one six on Twitter. Uh, B-A-R-R-E-T-T and kaibarrettfootball.wordpress.com hopefully more articles out there and as well one last thing shout out uh, I'm involved with Youthork that's the best statistics resource stuff everything you want for youth football at club and country level in England and thank you very much for you guys as well for having me on it's been a pleasure it's been great it's been great talking to you and Carl um, where can people find your stuff on the internet uh, I don't have a lot of stuff but you can find me on um, on Twitter <laughs> as I see it and I'm Usually on the Spurs community forum as IG Spur, so annoying some people. And I, I have, I have to recommend uh, the Spurs community forum. Although, and Carl knows this, I've been banned from that forum. <laughs> so uh, obviously, I, I didn't, I didn't toe the line. I didn't toe the line, so I'm, I'm no longer part of it. But um, there's also another, another youth thread out there on the Fighting Cock forum, um, and I'm trying to convince Carl to, to join that, that forum as well. Um, guys, thank you ever so much, and uh, we'll see you soon. Interesting, mate, yeah.